In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Miriam Reza, who leads the Live Persons Worldwide Gainshare Organization as the SVP of the organization. Welcome to the show, Miriam. Thank you so much, Bobby. Great to be here and uh, looking forward to talking to all your listeners. Likewise, likewise. And I know, um, given kind of your experience, uh, as I was kind of telling you in kind of the pre-show, if you will, uh, a lot of great experience, so I think our listeners are really going to enjoy this one. We, we appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Uh, so before we get started, tell us a little about Miriam. Give us get a little trajectory of your kind of career and what landed you on uh, at Live Person, and then we'll uh, dive into Live Person. For sure, I'd love to. I've had a very long-standing uh, career with Live Person itself, actually. Uh, if I go too far back, uh, uh, I hope I won't bore the audience, but with Live Person, I've been here all nine years and across two different continents. So really a long, loving relationship with this uh, incredible uh, technology company. You know, I started off with LifePerson in Australia, building their market in the entire Asia-Pacific region, which was just a a brilliant experience bringing, uh, you know, the, the, the future of conversational technology to that market back in uh, 2010 actually. And, and today, uh, in, in based out of uh, New York, you know, leading the, the managed services or, as you said, gain share like business. The, the gain share business uh, within LivePerson, you know, I've just seen this business grow over the years and, and very proud to say that I've been a part of that vision, growth, and uh, leading a technology that helps consumers connect with businesses. Tell us, I know you just gave us a little brief into LivePerson, but what is LivePerson all about? If you had to you know, give us what the organization does, how it helps customers. Wow. Yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite questions because, uh, you know, it's, uh, I love that our vision as a company is, is really to make life easy for consumers and brands, right? To, to help them connect. And the way we do that today is through conversational AI. When I say conversational AI, we automatically think, uh, you know, it could just be automation that's having conversations between businesses and their consumers. But what we really do is make a, co- a really combined experience between humans and AI uh, via messaging. You know, today you and I and everyone that's listening in, we connect with our friends and family through messaging. It's the way we prefer, and especially over last year when everyone is communicating uh you know from home they're working from home it's very difficult to ha- to you know get your help and support through having to call in or you know even even you know we're talking about stores even being able to get to the stores and get the help you need in the store so being able to connect through a platform we're all very familiar with uh messaging as i say really uh helps that consumer and brand connection. That's what we do. And we uh, continue to 
deliver this to thousands of customers all over the world and some of the biggest brands, uh, including Fortune 50 companies that utilize this technology through a number of messaging channels, uh, many that we're familiar with from just SMS to messaging inside an app or uh, Apple uh, business chat, you know, through iMessages or Google messages, WhatsApp. These are all channels we're using today. We're just enabling businesses to use it in the most effective way for me as a consumer. So Miriam, as, as you think through different use cases or different customers, if you can share customers, that's, you know, use cases are fine. What are, what are some ways that you enable, you know, your customers uh, to really create these experiences that really reach out to their customers and have those, those conversations really? Yeah, Bobby, uh, you know, uh, this is where I can uh, share for days. Uh, I want to make it real for us. Uh, anything that I'll share. I know all of us have experienced uh, w- at one time or the other, right? Let me start with uh, uh, quick service restaurants, right? Uh, where we're, we, over the pandemic specifically, and it wasn't easy to get what we loved and wanted from a lot of our go-tos when it comes to these uh quick service restaurants like the Chipotle's or the Dunkin' Donuts. So I've got a really interesting story with Dunkin' themselves, where what they did was they were really looking for new ways and channels to build this continuous connection with their customers, right? And and they they worked with us to understand how they could do it with messaging. And one of the fundamental benefits of messaging, if you think about it, when we message it's a continuous conversation, right? It doesn't really have a beginning and an end. It goes on. We can just pick it up wherever we left off. And having that experience or connection with their consumers would mean that they could actually keep engaging with them. Whether or not that consumer came into a store at that point in time, they could at least re-engage, drive up more loyalty signups. And what we did is we enabled, you know, by adding QR codes, which I'll just say quickly, QR codes was a thing. I'm sure you've heard this over and over again. It was something that never took off till last year happened. And today we use it everywhere, whether it's for menus at restaurants or shop windows, you see a QR code. So it's very familiar. Today it is. And what we use is the QR code to initiate that conversation between Duncan and their that consumer. So what they were able to do in this use case is just start a con- uh, download the app start a conversation with a bot an ai uh, a live person bot that then helped them through the sign up process it has been so successful in driving up loyalties that they're scaling this up to over 9000 stores across the us so the goal being you know increase the loyalty yeah it's amazing uh, and this is within a very short few months that they're not only planning to launch, uh, to go up to 9,000, but even further beyond, they'll look at other use cases of eventually being able to just fulfill an entire experience over, over that messaging service. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll switch to something a lot of us are familiar with. You know, when we're making these high value purchases, we need a lot of consultation, let's say, right? And over last year, and of course, just in general, this difficulty to get out there and see what we want to buy, touch and feel it. That's what I think is so powerful about stores still today is you have that experience where you can trust what you're buying if you can go in and see it. And that wasn't really happening. So 
this one of the largest um, diamond jewelers in in the world. They uh, approached. Uh, we, we you know we got talking about you know what we could do given their stores were uh, not being able to to open at the same level or, ha- or have the same traffic. What they did was really interesting. You know, they, their physical stores had signage, again, with QR codes that allowed customers to message with a jewelry consultant. So now what they did is they brought that store experience to your phone and any device, actually, I should say, right? Whether it was on, like, you're on your laptop or you're on your on, on a phone, you were able to communicate with a jewelry consultant as well as an AI. If it was just simple inquiries or just driving through picking what you're looking for, you could do that over this channel so easily that by the t- what was happening is by the time they were arriving at the store, because that was very limited, right? Appointments and and and, and setting up time. By the time they arrived, it was all ready. And it's such a beautiful experience for this person who got exactly what they communicated over text with in the store. So you're bridging that experience so seamlessly. And then you've got the aftercare option of texting back in with your consultant, similar to you know the, the, the Duncan expansion. What they saw was 70 million, or you know, let's just say millions in additional sales per month just from um, uh, this messaging channel that they added. It's pretty amazing. Are these customers using this kind of across kind of online properties and in-store? Like is, is the goal to do to do this across kind of mediums to be able to have that one one customer conversation? You know, that's, that's a great question. What I will say, Bobby, is when we think about omni-channel, right? Right now, uh, if I take store as one channel, you've got all the others really living on your device mostly right if i if i say that you know people are browsing even on their phones more than they are on their desktops when they're purchasing that's a trend uh we've certainly tracked and seen uh, there was a spike for sure during uh last year in desktop uh website usage but in general omni i think today is literally the phone and the store right so yeah they if we think about what this this brand did is they wanted they wanted to have continuity in their store experience they wanted to bring that experience to close to the uh the buyer the client when they couldn't easily come in anymore it's very similar to david's bridal uh david's bridal story as well which they started even earlier about Two years before, the, the, into around 2019, they built this beautiful AI called Zoe, and their their goal was to make it easy for someone shopping for something so important, you know, their their wedding dress, and of course for their bridal party and so forth, to make that experience seamless, to make it easy to schedule appointments, to take the orders over the phone. But what they did was very quickly pivot because they were ready already. They pivoted to having all their sales assistants or store and sales managers trained to now communicate over messaging when they had to shut their stores down or reduce the foot traffic. So you can see how that omni-channel experience or preferred channel experience, I hope we one day change it to that, (laughs) actually happens where I can text you. If I need, I can actually see you in the store. 
I can go back, ask you more questions. Now, if I need to talk to you, I can do that as well. Like it's giving me that experience in my preferred channel. What's the state of the demand for AI-powered messaging experiences today? I can tell you that when we were... When we brought this to market back in 2016, messaging specifically, live person, I didn't, uh, one background that I should probably give is we invented chat. Rob Lucasio, our CEO, invented chat back in um, you know, 2000, several decades ago, and became the leader in chat, which happened on websites, right? What he identified, just because you know his vision has always been, it's not about the, that, the, the technology, it's about the mission, which is to make it easy to connect. He noticed very quickly in that, like over the years uh, when messaging platforms became so much more prolific, that websites only ever enabled a percentage of the conversations with your consumers for a multitude of reasons. But when we, the idea was give consumers that chance to move to a channel that they are using already, which is these messaging platforms, and put AI in it so that they don't have to wait for these simple inquiries and so forth. They can just get that help and support and go to an expert agent or consultant for very specific, complex type inquiries that can be automated today, for, for example. So your question on the demand, at the time, it was new. The most innovative companies were doing it. They were moving their consumers from having to call in and go through this fairly difficult and onerous process to actually giving them this option to text in and communicate on their own time asynchronously, right? On your own time, in your channel of reference, whenever you want. And that AI layer helps enable that at any time. So we've just seen demand go up steadily over the years and I would say skyrocket last year. Because it became the channel of preference when it was very difficult to have your stores operating at the same capacity or being able to stay open at the same capacity or your call centers, your voice channels being able to maintain that same level of service, you know, with especially with the need to work from home and so forth. The demand for conversational AI with AI as well as humans just went up significantly which is where I can give you all these use cases from. And just from a performance perspective, you know, let's relate it back to the actual business benefit that these brands are getting. You know, I'll start with just what we what what is important to these businesses uh, day in, day out. Most of them saw an increase in CSAT of at least 20% or more, which is pretty huge given that uh, ripple effect on revenue as well as retention. And massive decrease in um, in their agent attrition rates, right? Because it's, it's a very different conversation than a stressful voice uh, or, or, or phone call. On the revenue side, conver- uh, conversion rates are much higher in this channel because you're able to maintain that conversation till there is a purchase. Very importantly, um, these agents are much more efficient as well because they have the help of automation and they're able to have multiple conversations at the same time. So there's a, a lot of business benefit on the revenue side. Revenue increases just by uh, having this channel that has a higher converting opportunity, has a higher return rate, higher reorder uh, opportunity, higher resolution because you don't have to keep making phone calls to resolve. You can continue the conversation and it never ends. 
till there's either a purchase or a resolution or, you know, doesn't convert. But that's where, you know, we've seen the demand just increase, just as delivering the business value. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we get the we get the question a lot of like, you know, customers really kind of demanding and or eager for more personalization. I think this is an area where, you know, conversational AI can also help. But do you do you a believe that? And, and two, if so, how do you create more personalization with a conversational AI versus just, you know, traditional chatbots, et cetera? Really, really important point, Bobby. Today, especially, right, like in the cookie-less world that we're going to end up in, how do you still deliver that personalized experience? You know, I'll, I'll start with saying something. that the, the AI has been, uh, I can call it a buzzword for a lot of companies. You can also say that it, there's a lot of bad bots out there, good ones. But for us, it's been an integral part of our DNA, right? It has been. and. Good AI always starts with having large sets of data. I'm starting with the AI. I'll also talk about the human in a second. So large sets of data. And we absolutely unequivocally possess one of the largest data sets for consumer engagement, right? Over the years of seeing how conversations between brands and consumers take place. And analyzing that data set has allowed us to think really big about the process and challenges we can solve between brands and consumers. Your question around personalization really helps us now to personalize that conversation because we understand how to utilize that data about conversations, data we have already from a brand about their consumers as well as their products and matching that together. It is very, very critical to be able to deliver that quickly, not only through the AI, but also through the humans. And you do that by delivering them, obviously, the, the right answer at the right time. You, know, you think about an example, you know, a large percentage of our conversations with retailers, right? Retail companies are around, it could be around order statuses, you know, where's my order? Or, you know, I'd like to make an exchange or a return. This obviously can cost millions of dollars over the year uh, with a human having to handle it or an email team having to handle it. But you could create a really personalized experience that understands what has been purchased, what is what is the issue, what can be a set of resolutions through AI alone and deliver millions in savings. So that personalization always comes from data. And we have done a lot from an investment and a machine learning perspective to really utilize and aggregate and annotate data at large volumes to deliver these really great experiences like Zoe on David's bridal. Makes sense. Makes sense. Absolutely agree with you. And it absolutely makes sense. And I think it's, you know, in the, in the coming years, it's even going to be more important as we sing, see things even progress more in that cons- consumer journey, if you will, and how they interact with brands. Yeah. And, and I think with the personalization that a human can provide, if it's not a bot communicating with the consumers, again, based on learning from conversations uh, and delivering that back to every human that's having a conversation as well, right? Uh, it's about personalizing the experience and giving it. If I can just summarize like what we want our conversational AI and the human and AI tango to deliver, it's really that convenience, you know, with empathy, trust, and continuity, right? And those are very important words for us that we deliver through the AI and through the agent. So it's about making the the technology able to deliver that convenience, trust, empathy, and continuity consistently in every conversation. 
Miriam, what, what should retailers evaluate when they decide whether conversational AI is right for their for their particular business? I would say, you know, retailers out there today they're they're in a they're in an ever changing environment, especially in in the last uh, several months, uh, and and also moving into the next few months. I would say it's still not something you can plan and consistently plan around. What I would say is, if you're thinking about really providing an experience that continues your store, your retail experience, consider this. It's it's in-store assistance, in-store virtual assistance, or in-store just anything to help you as you're shopping is not something that's new anymore, I would say, to retailers. It's, it's there. The best retailers in the world are doing it. Jump on board. I would say that, to have that as part of your strategy because your staff, cannot actually help everyone and 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 still thinking about that you know one in 10 converts and that's a good thing or driving your business through a revenue number as opposed to you know revenue per person who it's it, who's coming into your store or or to your other assets it's really important to really think about maximizing that 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 conversion i wouldn't if i'm making the effort to go in and spend my time i have made some form of decision of wanting to buy so give me that opportunity to connect with you and not have to wait or be frustrated or leave. Retailers are not being able to ask that question to every single person who leaves the store. Why are you leaving? But imagine in your fingertips having that help and support. And if they still leave, ask them the question, why did you not buy today? It's like unbelievable amounts of information you can capture to make the experience better and not let people leave without getting the help or support they wanted to make that decision. That's one I would say, right? Just consider that option of supplementing your store experts with virtual experts. And the, the other couple of things is think long-term ROI. If we are having long-term value, right? If we we cannot be in an environment in a world in retail where we want one single purchase. This is old. This might not. This might not be new. Which is having multi, uh, you know, recurring revenue from every customer that buys from you. So focus on that loyalty and reconnection. And I say that because I see it time and again that having a way to communicate with your consumers both ways, them communicating with you easily and you proactively engaging with them and having that long relationship just helps me keep keep the, that brand front, front of mind. So think long-term value and this solution absolutely would help you stay connected with your consumer. Retailers might argue that they do it with emails, you know, connect back with me because I bought a year ago, connect back every year, send me a birthday wish. I'll miss the email, hands down. I've got 20,000 sitting in my mailbox. I'm going to, uh, my personal email, I'm going to miss it. If you try and call me, it's probably one in hundred chance they'll get through. I don't take calls anymore unless yeah. I know the number. So texting me keeps it like front of mind that I have that, per, again, it's personalized experience. So long-term value, in-store virtual assistance or in-store assistance, that connection through QR codes, get going with a conversation on every buyer, long-term value. And if you have this a strategy to have a pre and post-purchase experience and really thought out consumer experience across digital, store, social channels, this is one of the best ways to actually connect all those experiences and connect the data between all of these experiences for a single customer. 
what are some challenges that you're that you're seeing though in this space, like of uh, you know pushing adoption even further with conversational AI? What I'd say these challenges sometimes might be a little bit self-inflicted if we don't put the uh, muscle behind promoting it. What I mean by that is we are very accustomed to thinking that every business out there just gives me the option, the, the, the traditional option of calling if I need help, asking for a store uh, staff if I need help inside the store, on a website, self-serving. These are built into our psyche for years and years, right? We just know that that's how we will get what we need if we need more than just self-service. What we need to help promote is, no, there is an easier way to communicate. There is an ongoing conversation you can have just with messaging. Click this here code. It's that education. I think that's one of the challenges brands face is they don't necessarily put the investment behind promoting it. And on the inverse, if you do promote it, you get massive uptake. Like all the, the, the examples I gave you, including big box retailers that have this solution, they really promote the channel of, you know, you can actually communicate with our AI and our human experts over messaging. You don't have to wait. You don't have to call. You can get that help immediately. That's one that will help it scale and has helped it scale. And inversely, a challenge if you don't promote it. Another challenge I'd say is internal. Internally, we have, especially the biggest retailers in the world, they have a lot of systems and they're constantly looking to integrate all the systems and also not lose the investment they've made in, in, in other technologies. I think that slows us down in many ways. Then we, we sometimes lose the, uh, the, you know, the forest for the trees. All right. We, we don't realize that in an effort to just make technologies work together, we so, we're sort of missing the opportunity with the customer engagement. So I think that's a challenge where, you know, you, you see this as technology as opposed to a customer experience investment. It's again, inversely where, where you've got people who are making the business decisions at an executive level, believing in, I need this for driving higher retention of my, my very, very valuable customer base that helps remove this, uh, this challenge, which exists because technology is now stacked on top of stacks. It can create that challenge. And the last one I'd say is in building AI, in building very good AI, you need time, very, very, very good experts, right? Uh, I'm proud to say we have a lot of them because we've not started this today. Started several years ago. And you need best practice in knowing all of those. So that has challenged businesses that have tried to do it themselves, but where they've had an opportunity to lean on you know, companies like ours who have written these playbooks and best practices on building the best AI in the world and conversational AI and a conversational platform for agents to perform optimally on, they've been able to overcome those operationalizing challenges on the AI side as well as the human side. Absolutely. If you had to, if you had to walk someone through or an organization through how to tactically put together a plan, like a step-by-step plan to be able to, again, put together, you know, a conversational AI program for their brand. What would you, what would you at a very high level, what would those tactical kind of steps be? I will say that over the years of having done it, we've brought it down to literally a format and a, like a very 
step-by-step short process to really go uh, get get going. First, I would have, uh, you know, you think about the strategy. Are we, where are we going to engage with our consumers? So have a channel strategy and then in that channel have an engagement strategy, right? As in, this is the channels I really want to engage with my consumers on. In the store, I want to make it available for them to be able to communicate. On the website, I want them to be able to message. In my app, I want them to be able to connect with me. So that's why I know where I want my consumers to connect. Then it's about like designing that conversation, right? That's just implementing the AI part of the technology and enabling the people that will have the conversations. So you deploy the channels, you deploy the AI and the humans, and then you, you, you actually think about scaling it to more use cases, not just for selling, possibly for customer support. So at a, at the, the quickest level, if I think about what would I do in the next it from start to going live, pick the channel that we really want to engage our customers on, design the experience together, have it go live and see and, and drive the adoption of that channel by just promoting it. And when I say channels, it could, again, repeating, could be in the store, on the websites, inside an app, on any native messaging uh, platform that's well used today, WhatsApp, Google Messages, iMessages uh, being two of the most prolific, and of course, several others in the Asia-Pacific market. Look at those, pick the channel, get it deployed. The deployment itself, we're talking about days to maybe a few weeks. For some of these channels that are native, it literally, Bobby, I kid you not, takes days to set up. Uh, If you want to start communicating over SMS, for example, the most ubiquitous channel, it does not take long to get going on a brand and a consumer starting the conversation because the technology that we have just enables everything in between. Well, I think I think that was a wealth of information for our listeners, Miriam. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you're you wanted to make sure that our listeners know? I would say if you're not doing this, you're you're late. <laughs> I, I only say that because I'm a consumer as well. I love my shopping, and I can tell you, I definitely love going into stores as well as shopping online. But many, many, many times I have not bought because I could not get that one simple thing answered in a quick, trusted way, right? Whether it's in the store or online. And I have left money on the table. I can I can vouch for that. I can vouch for millions, if not billions of consumers out there that do this every day. So all I'm asking our, our listeners to do is just, you know, with AI, everything scales. You don't need to have thousands of humans now to do what I'm saying, to engage with your consumers. You can have really empathetic, trusted, convenient, and continuous AI to be able to do that. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Miriam, again, thank you for all of the the knowledge here that you dropped on us and uh, appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com.